You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. When you're there, unique stories, unique video. You can also, uh, if you'd like to contact me, the easiest way to do that is at the website, dipietro.com. No eyes, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And don't forget, you can also uh, pick up some great merchandise items in the shop. Well, the mess regarding... Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, NBC10, has uncovered more signatures that appear to be fraud. This is a problem. As I've said, it's getting worse, not better. Now, Governor McKee was also weighing in. This whole business they're trying to, quote, blame the vendor is ridiculous. This woman was a campaign worker for the the campaign. Let's pick it up. NBC 10. Testing news conference. Sabina Mato steps back into public view, campaigning over the weekend in East Providence, where council members say they never signed her forms, and side by side with her old pal, the governor, today. The Matos campaign for Congress making the best of it after a disaster of a week. Hello again, everyone. I'm Gene Valicenti. Good to have you with us tonight. I'm Patrice Wood. But now, the I team has uncovered more nomination oh. signatures submitted for Matos that are suspect tonight. The I team's Brian Crandall is here after questioning Matos and the governor more today. Brian? Patrice and Jean Matos Friday evening blamed a vendor, a one-woman company, for submitting suspected phony nomination signatures on her campaign's behalf, names of dead people and others who say they didn't sign them in Jamestown, Newport, and East Providence, including city councilors there, as we just mentioned. And today we found more turned in in Providence. Angling for some positive news now, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos attends an event with Governor Dan McKee. Do you think your explanation is going to carry weight with voters or some of your opponents are saying you just didn't take accountability? Uh, you were there. You heard me when I said that I'm very regretful that that incident that was done um, on the name of my campaign uh, had caused voters to have any doubts in the democratic process. And I do take responsibility sure. for that. She didn't take any. But at the end of the day, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Certainly, she recognized that uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. They, problem. She recognized that. And, um, I, you know, people know that vendors are not always the most reliable and the most vendors. honest. Matos hired Holly McLaren to collect signatures. Her campaign admits they didn't vet her, saying she had a good reputation. She worked with McLaren, McKee. as we reported last week, appeared in McKee ads last year and worked on his campaign. Do you know who she is? Have you ever met um, her? We met, uh, I met last year during the campaign. Um, yes, so I, I met her last year. I have nothing to, to give me any indication that I should be concerned about her work or what she does. You know Are you surprised to hear this by some of the people who were involved in your this campaign? This is the last one we're going to do on this topic. Yeah, so I, I, I am surprised. Has there been any review within your campaign based on what's now unfolding because there are some of the same people involved? No, not really. I think that's, uh, you know, we, we ran a good campaign, and an honest one. Oh, yeah. I talked on the phone today with two more people who tell me they never signed Mato's nomination wow. forms. Though their names and those of their spouses <clears throat> appear on forms submitted in Providence by McLaren and Shana Gallagher. Yep. The two women who submitted suspicious signatures in other communities. We've tried, but have not been able to reach either one of them. I'm very much interested as to find out what happened because I, I, it doesn't make any sense. She was told The Attorney General's to office, as we've reported, is taking the lead on the ongoing investigation. And despite the fiasco, Matos will be on the ballot for the primary in the congressional race. I'm Brian Crandall, NBC10 News. I Folks, when we talk about damage to democracy, the way they love to throw around that phrase and the MAGA Republicans and this nonsense well can you imagine if she actually won the primary and won the election is there anyone that would have any confidence in the result of the election if in fact she could actually pull it off I don't think she'll be able to what you just heard was a very uncomfortable Governor McKee and talk about throwing quote a vendor it's not a vendor it was a campaign worker, and photos are emerging of this Holly McLaren. Not only is she with Governor McKee, not only she is with she um, with Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, she's with the Secretary of State. She's with the General Treasurer. Now, the Secretary of State, I just wonder if he should have recused himself since he's in campaign photos with her. So this was a Democrat campaign worker.
not quote like a vendor, someone you hire to stock the soda machine or, you know, cater a meal vendor. No, this was a campaign worker. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Yankee Tree Service. Call them today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts from Lincoln. You can always find them online, yankeetreeservice.com. Tree removal since 2006, 24-7 emergency service available. It's Yankee Tree. Folks, I've dealt with them for years. Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning. Also, emergency service and bucket truck service. You can depend on Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. Get a free quote, 401-439-6028. And remember, with Yankee Tree Service, they have the licensed arbitus. They'll come out. And they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed, maybe what tree you don't want to get removed. Tree pruning, also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today, the tree trimming experts based out of Lincoln. Call them at 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is our friend, Justin Katz. And Justin, obviously, we're going to talk about this Matto situation. There's a lot of different uh, elements to it, but I'd like to just uh, start off by hearing uh, your reaction to that I, I think it's one of those press briefings that's going to be remembered for quite some time i was glad i was there uh it was a friday night at six o'clock i found out at five well they announced it at five so you had an hour to get there uh just decide you know and then make your way which i did north main street but i'd like to just start off and then we'll go through this but because uh, the story just broke last monday afternoon it was quite a week um, but I, I want to just hear your thoughts on the, the press briefing itself. Well, I, I thought it was, uh, to be, it, it started pretty awkwardly with Matos reading it from her prepared camp, uh, statement. Um, but what, what really strikes me, and I've, I've seen a lot of people commenting on her striking the victim pose, and what, what's most striking is the, the repeated insistence that this is not my campaign. This is our vendor, our vendor. They use that word like a shield. It's our vendor. Well, this wasn't like, it's not like they hired somebody to print business cards or something. <clears throat> this was a, a key part of the democratic process that she says was, was violated by this fraud. And I, it, what, what I find really striking is the idea that we've gotten to the point where you're just, you're hiring people to go out and get the signatures, right? I mean, it's not like you're going out. I mean, a lot of campaigns, see signature collection as an opportunity to meet people, to get right. your message out there, to be visible. And here it's just like, oh, you know, we, we sent somebody out, we hired somebody to go collect some, some signatures, right? You, we, we just, we hired somebody to, to bring us refreshments to our, our office. You know, it's not, right. it's not like, it's not respectful of the, the role this actually plays. And I mean, when you, when you apply this to say mail ballots, it gets even worse. It's like, you're supposed to go out and earn the votes, get the votes, not hire somebody to go collect them for you. And that's the, this harvesting of signatures. And, and I know it's not, hugely uncommon among uh among you know mainstream campaigns i guess in rhode island but it's just the the something about their repeated insistence of the vendor the vendor no this is your campaign it's just like uh you know it makes me think of the unions trying to get um get misclassification where independent contractors are considered employees well that's kind of like this she's saying oh well, it's an independent contractor doesn't count doesn't count uh but no it it does. And I, I think that's a, a real problem because it, it suggests a situation where the politicians go out and they they do their they smooge with smooth with their uh, special interests. They do some photo ops. But the, the nuts and bolts of actually going out and talking to people and getting signatures. Nah, 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 nah. No, we, we just we just hire that out. We, we get these professional firms to do that. Now, the the press briefing Friday night, it not only was her. But it was also her campaign manager. He also he was the one that ran the McKee campaign, 
last year. And there was also an attorney that they have that's going to be uh, working with them to through this and wanted to ensure she was going to get on the ballot. Did you find the three of them credible, Justin? I think that's at the crux of it. Um, did you find their explanation of what happened credible? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't think, I, I believe that they did not go, you know, say go get us some fake signatures, uh, you know, um, in that respect, I, I get it. I, my impression was of, of people who think they're playing the game as it's supposed to be played. I mean, they're, they're all relatively young. Uh, they, they think they're playing the game as it's supposed to be played uh, and they've been caught up in this and they didn't have, have good answers. So I, I, I found them credible in that I, I think they're largely telling the truth about whether they instructed them to go get fraudulent signatures or, or but I, I think they probably they think this is just how it works so in some sense they, they almost don't care like okay we we checked the box we gave you with the instruction sheet now we're just paying you to go get the signatures right and I, one thing that I, I found kind of awkward is just the they're, they're because they're they seem young and, and inexperienced to some extent they, they didn't seem to really have a kind of a political philosophy behind it you know people were asking them you know did you did you do background checks and they were trying to you know this was a well-known person and they, they just trying to depersonalize it you know they're just like as if they didn't know her before this uh, holly before you know as if they wanted to keep the mckee stuff out of it just, that part seemed contrived to me and and you know and i also want to bring out the fact and let's we're going to talk about that um i actually i did not find them credible i think their whole series and i'll zero in on it because then we'll talk about how you you were the one that pointed out that she had actually been paid by the mckee campaign this woman holly and i'm going to have you explain that in just a moment but a couple parts about this justin this guy he this brexton he he ran the mckee campaign so it's not like a newcomer first time around um last time they didn't have to worry about the signatures because she was the endorsed candidate and essentially like the party takes care of that but this time they did the parts that stand out to me is that we're talking about two people. So it's not just one rogue operator, but it was two people. They insisted they did the proper training. Um, I asked, how did, you know, how was she notified? Well, Monday night uh, when we called her, she'd already essentially lawyered up. And, um, and then, you know, they fired her by email. But so you have someone who's being paid $15 an hour and, and there's also a waitress, apparently, at the restaurant Roma on Federal Hill. And we're to believe that this breaks late Monday afternoon. And when they try to reach her, this Holly, and say, you know, you need to come in and tell us what happened. And we need to hear your side of the story. And, you know, almost like, please tell us this isn't true. By that point, she's already lawyered up like she's an experienced criminal. <laughs> and they have no communication with her. And then they just fire by an email i i mean i does does that any of that seem plausible to you that that's how it went down right well i mean i think they're they're definitely hiding things i mean the the idea yeah. that when asked they said they spoke to her attorney and somebody asked well who's their attorney oh i don't remember i come on <laughs> Right. You just call. You just call the press conference on this this scandalous issue that's gotten gotten you a lot of negative attention, and you don't know the attorney for the person who defrauded you. Who who you know, as as Matt was saying, defrauded her, defrauded the people of Rhode Island and the democratic process. I mean, that you don't you don't know who the attorney was. That's not plausible. So in, in a lot of the details, I think they were they were kind of like you know you, you could picture the the backroom conversation. Here here are the boundaries of what we're actually going to talk about uh and that does make you wonder all right so you talk to an attorney who was it what's the there's probably could be a lot of you know inside inside relationships here uh so in, so in that respect yeah I, I get i agree that they they were not credible on a lot of those answers there's there's more that they they know they weren't sharing folks again our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com now justin you um discovered and just talk a little bit about the fact how she was paid by the mckee campaign last summer into the fall 
Right. Well, uh, Holly, the woman who, the, the vendor who, who yeah. has put in these, these the signatures. Right. Yeah. Uh, and as, as, as you mentioned, and the, the, the guy Brexton, he, he worked with the key campaign and, and yeah. so they knew of her already through that, but they paid her $1,500 a month um, through for three months of last year's campaign, July, August, and September, I think it was, uh, with an extra 200 on the last month. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was almost like a salaried position, and that starts to make you wonder. Oh, we, we pay per the, per hour. Was she was she submitting regular number of hours exactly every month? Uh, but you, you were trying to get the right, well, what was she doing? Field work. What was she doing? Field work. I mean, they wouldn't go beyond that, and it's that's that's the problem here is they've got these these vendors they offload things to and uh, i don't know if it's if it's a sidebar or it seems related to me but you uh, you see this a lot in state government as well where uh some something like the convention center authority will will hire outside companies to do their work and then when you request request paperwork for documents from them through public access uh law they oh well, that's an outside vendor we we can't we don't have that and they don't have to provide it to you because they're not this so there's there's this real game they play and i think this this holly person is in there and i i noticed after i i started googling her other other journalists took that up too and uh she i mean she's been jammed up in in new hampshire with with what looks like she might have been uh falsifying records of uh right of insurance for for training for people who are working with her in a in a healthcare setting uh you know, there's there's a record here and so you know it's a, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the good questions and I, I noticed they were dominated by you and um uh, what's his name patrick uh patrick Anderson of the journal yeah yeah um no 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 i'm thinking oh. of somebody else but okay but but the uh but a lot of the questions were did you check in on her and in some respects i have sympathy for the idea like no we knew her <laughs> you don't have to we we didn't run a, a background check this is just somebody you know working for us whom we knew and we worked with before so i, I have some sympathy for that people tend to find their their workers and vendors through word of mouth and so on uh but on the other hand it's it's like it's a it's a convenient distancing you know they're on they're all kind of inside friends working to the same cause and she just got caught i mean that's kind of the impression you get folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show at med urgent care walk-in urgent care center all your medical needs they're open seven days a week doctors and nurses two locations 1524 atwood avenue in Johnston, that's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week at Med Urgent Care. When you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to at Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. At Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, again, going back to just the nature. This is a sitting lieutenant governor right now running for Congress under criminal investigation by our uh, state police, and the attorney general is investigating this. But I want to go back to, and you were the one uncovered that I saw first, that she had been actually paid by the McKee campaign some things about this that stand out, and I want your thoughts on it, is number one, they claim they did not have a contract with her. So she's a vendor for this campaign, but there's nothing in writing that shows what her job application or uh, obligations are. That's number one. Number two, I believe, you know, you, you know a lot about campaigns. When they said, well, she was doing field work and phone banking, phone banking is done by volunteers. If you're paying someone, I believe what we're going to find out is that she was actually collecting ballots uh, for the McKee campaign. Now, we don't know that just yet, but I find it hard to believe they were just paying her to go around, possible, but to put you know lawn signs up and then also to do some phone banking. 
Right. Well, I mean, it's it's quite a bit of money to be doing. I mean, <laughs> presumably part time uh, to be right. to be doing just phone banking or putting up yard signs. And like you say, that's that's what volunteers do. And um, so you don't necessarily hire a vendor for that sort of thing. And the timing is is, is kind of conspicuous. She was paid July through September. I mean, the elections in November. So you know, that's that's for uh, you, you've got your signatures. A lot of the, a lot of the time in that in that period. So what are they still paying her for? So it's the mail ballots seem like the That's yeah exactly primary exactly. Yeah. And so and as as you've noticed many times, McKee lost on election yeah. day in the primary. So um, so the the mail ballots are what put him over. So there there seems to be a, a mounting story to be told here. And I th- I think the one the thing that really concerns me about this is I mean you, there's no one of the things the General Assembly changed recently to really open the floodgates for, for ballot fraud, frankly, is there's no witness anymore. So you have, there's no record. And I asked the Secretary of State's office for, for records uh, in the Board of Elections, and they don't have anything. Once what They have some names for people who picked up ballots for other people. And there are some people who have quite a few. There's one guy who, who picked up about 100 of them uh, in Providence, uh, but I didn't find Holly on there. But there's nobody, there's no record from that point to when the vote is counted. So if you're forging signatures on on mail ballots, there's there's no way to even know who did it. You know what what person handed in three thousand signatures. There's no way to track that. And so there's it's they they can hide behind these sort of vague uh, field worker field worker you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and well, what does that mean? It sounds like it probably means going out and collecting signatures. And you know, as a sidebar, one of the things that I found really striking about this press conference was was at the end you were still asking questions that Matos didn't want to answer. And so, does anybody else have any questions? No. Okay, we're done. And but. You know, what strikes me is where are all the questions from the journalists? I mean, this is an opportunity yeah. in a big story, and one the I mean, the, the main th- thing about the press conference is you don't need need it just to get a statement from the lieutenant governor. You can do that by email. You can call, talk to a press right. people. Uh, this is an opportunity when they're live in front of you with an audience and microphones and cameras to get them to say things unexpected to to broaden the public's understanding of the story and the idea that they. They just didn't have anything. Okay, we're done. We did our 15 minutes. Thank you. I mean, it's just, it's kind of that. And that, I think part of the problem is this is, this is much broader. It's connected to a whole way of our election, uh, the, a whole way our election system runs. And they support it. You know, they support the idea of mail ballots. They, they buy the whole line about getting more people to vote. And they don't want to dig into it and discover, yes, the General Assembly opened the, opened the floodgate for fraud. They don't want to find that out. And so they're, they, they're just, they, they're kind of passive. Whereas you're, you're there asking, how about this? Okay, your husband just walked in. Can we hear from him? Just trying to get some kind of something... Yes something new from the story that's not on his prepared statement and and just the rest of the media had had nothing in fact one guy got was called on and, and discovered he didn't actually have a question so yeah it's it's just right. it's just i don't know they, it, it seems like if you're not discovering fraud it's because you don't want to and that they're not gonna they're the politicians around here know they don't have to answer the questions because the only person, only one or two people, one you being one of them, is going to be at the press conference asking them. Everybody else is just, oh, okay. All right, did you did you ask any questions? Did you have a contract? Okay, thank you. Have a good afternoon. I want to get home. You know that I, I that's what's one of the things that's really concerning to me. You also something, Justin, and that is that <clears throat> so that Evan England, who works for the campaign, he notarized. Uh, the signatures, <clears throat> what Justin is saying, folks, and this is not to me, this is not brought out enough by the Rhode Island Republican Party. I believe this should be a watershed moment for the Rhode Island Republican Party to absolutely make hay of this and say, this is why we need reform with our election process. But how they have now changed it, as you know, is with the, the mail ballots, you don't have to have it notarized. So at least with this they could go to Evan England with the campaign and say, hey, you're the one that notarized this. And there's like a, a chain of custody. What they could do, notice with the mail ballots, with no notary, all you do now, we've uncovered, is you hire vendors who then, you know, who knows who they are or where they just take off. Or someone could say, you know, gee, we don't, we don't know that much about that person. And we just hired them and they're not connected to the campaign. Justin, what do you make of the Lieutenant Governor Matos saying, I'm not, my, I'm not under investigation. 
the vendor who worked for my campaign is under investigation. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's just this this degree of separation that creates this circumstance for fraud. I mean, you, you can always, it, but it's, it's just not true. It's, it's not even, you know, as I was saying earlier, the, it's not like they hired this person to print their yard signs or, right. or cater an event or, right. or, or fix their internet. You know, is this, that's what you kind of think of when you're saying out, this was collecting signatures is part of your campaign. You, you can't just write that off. Oh, we hired a vendor for that. No, this is part of your campaign. I mean, in, in most of the time, you're not going to have the lieutenant governor say, out there collecting all 500 signatures. I mean, she, I encourage politicians and candidates to do at least some of that. It's good experience and it, it gives you a connection with people. But, uh, you know, nobody expects that she collected everyone, witnessed them all, notarized them herself. You get people to do that. Now, whether they're volunteers or employees or vendors it doesn't matter that's a that is part of your campaign and i think that's yeah, that's kind of, of irresponsible that's irresponsible to be saying this activity of collecting signatures to get me on a ballot is not part of my campaign is basically the insinuation and it, that just I, I don't know that's just laughable and and i think if anything undermines democracy it's that kind of an attitude and justin i think you also hit on something and that is you know people would bring like a special skill set whether they cater the event or design a logo or come up with a strategy this woman holly one of the things she crimes she's been accused of in the past was forgery and forgery of signatures now to me if in fact you were looking to get someone to go out and get you mail ballots or has some experience with signatures and forgery so the it's almost to me like she she possesses a special skill set that would be designed and perfect for something like this you know, if you ever watch like some of the films when or like Ocean's Eleven, they need all the different people that have expertise in certain areas. One person, uh, you know, knows how to rig the cameras and another person, you know, can crack any type of safe. And to me, that's what this is. She has experience in knowing how to forge signatures. Justin, what did you make of because it really hit me the wrong way in the middle of the press conference, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos throughout the term regarding Jamestown MAGA Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was sort of, uh, it, it, what struck me especially was the uh, the idea that she, at this, in the same breath, she's saying it, she's being attacked Washington-style politics, and uh, she's doing exactly that. The MAGA Republicans, it has, has nothing to do with this. The, DeSantis and, and Donald Trump did not come to Rhode Island and start talking about Sabina Matos's election fraud issues. That's right. <laughs> this, so it's just, it's just, you know, red meat. It's like a flare when a, when a plane's flying and is taking on fire and they send out flares to distract the fire, uh, the, the missiles. That's, that's kind of what that is. Just, and it's just such standard that, you know, she's talking about, Oh, my, my, my opponents are exploiting this for political gain and it, but then to be so cynical as to, to they're acting like MAGA Republicans I just I don't know but the whole idea of it I, I think and, and we've discussed before just it goes right back to well you know people who disagree with you are your constituents too that's part of the, the point of our representative democracy and there's there's just I don't know it's, it's cheap and and it was, it was probably a throwaway line but it it, it does bother me when uh, when politicians just so carelessly divide people folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john defeatro show the coincid in 226 coincid avenue west warwick delicious food and drink they have a great bar area always a dependable menu whether you're going to eat there or take out a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coincid Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coincid Inn, 226 Coincid Avenue in West Warwick. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all real-time live stream just follow john DePietro's show right there on the facebook page
Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, again with this lieutenant governor business. Also, I'm just curious what thoughts you had about the Board of Elections. With uh, you know, They're trying to determine whether or not she should be on the ballot. I, I don't think she should be on the ballot. And uh, the campaign, you could see on Friday, she's like along for the ride. I, I could not believe the things that they had this press briefing. They were saying they didn't know. They still didn't know how many signatures were in question. I don't know. I don't know this. Uh, she was like, no, the press told me about all of this. But uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on that Board of Elections meeting on Friday. Well, you know, I, I'm not a, a, a giant fan of the Board of Elections. I, I think the and this whole situation, I mean, it's, it's telling that it was a new person in Jamestown who discovered yeah. the signature comparison. That's right. uh, and, you know, it's a, it's kind of a I mean, they are in a I, w- I will give them that they're in a, a kind of a tough situation because the timeline is very tight here. Um, and it, it's it isn't nothing to, to knock the lieutenant governor off a ballot, you know, the sure. Polls, she's the front runner. So, to some extent, you don't you want them to be very careful. Um, there could be more. Uh, I think there could be more transparency and more, much more, uh, letting people understand how the process works. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I've watched this up close pretty carefully a lot. And you know, there's just no. It's they need they need to be more aggressive generally. I think. And so in this situation, when you haven't been more aggressive generally, they're they're aggressive about collecting fines for late late reports from from soccer moms or whomever and who ran for school committee and then stopped paying stop filing their reports and suddenly they have a six hundred dollar bill from the board of elections they're very very strict about that and then they they're very careful to make sure you know you owe them a lot of money but in this sort of situation you know i i've in the past i've i've seen things where signatures next to each other were the same obviously the same handwriting uh, you know that that kind of stuff uh, and it seems implausible that there was certain people were, were actually signing in front of the people. All of that stuff, I've, when I've filed complaints before, it's ho-hum, ho-hum, la-la-la-la-la, just a complaining MAGA Republican kind of an attitude. But so I, I, it'd, be, it'd be something if they, if they did, if they threw out every sheet from these, from this vendor, or uh, there are multiple people who, and that was one strange thing too that Matos's campaign was implying that all of the false signatures were from the same vendor, but then they said they didn't know who was working for the vendor. So, uh, you know, it's that that was kind of a strange moment. But, I, you know, the Board of Elections is in a tough place, but it goes back to me to just being more rigorous in general, which they're they're not. Or I haven't found them to be. You know what I found, Justin Katz, is so last week. Uh, it's hard to believe, but the Josh Miller situation in court was last week. And then you had the Matto situation. And you tell me, but I was there for both times when he was outside of court. And then obviously I was there Friday night, Lieutenant Governor Matto's having this press briefing. And some members of the media, I won't say all, but some members of the media, it almost struck me that they were there. It would almost be, I would kind of, I was trying to explain this to someone. It would remind me of someone maybe that something happened that was public and embarrassing. And they're with their family and the family's trying to be supportive, but the family's kind of, you know, the family was like, Senator Miller, like, can you take, like what happened? Like it was almost, the overtone was almost like, we know you and you're better than this. Like what, what happened? How did you, how did you fall into this? And then the same thing, I, I kind of got like Friday night, not everyone, but some were like, listen, you know, we want to let you off the hook here. Give us, show us the path. Take us through what happened. You tell me. Do you get that impression at all that they're there almost to like kind of be supportive in some way? Well, they're they're all on the same team, it seems, and you know, it actually ties into um, every now and then I'll I'll respond to, to journalists on social media, and and some of them will will write back, usually pretty snippy. Uh, and it, recently, Alexa Gagos from the Boston Globe uh, was actually promoting the services of Mike Rea, who was a you know, big political actor oh. in Rhode Island under, mm. under Gina yeah. Raimondo in particular. Mm. And yeah. he's, he's running a communications firm uh, helping candidates and I guess businesses. And she was saying all businesses, basically advertising for him, all businesses and candidate campaigns should, should use his services. So they become media literate and foster oh. a good relationship with journalists. Well, that struck me as wrong. I mean, well, first of all, the free advertisement for this political actor uh, from a journalist, but but I I don't think it's you know 
the idea of you know, just this idea of where we have a positive working relationship. And I think that's what you're kind of pointing to. I mean, they, they all sort of feel like they're on the same team. They're, they have a good working relationship. You scratch my back. I'll, you know, I'll let you on my show. You come on and give me some newsworthy stuff. Okay. That other person you don't like so much who's bothering you. I'll give them a little less coverage because I'm trying to foster the good relationship with, with you, the candidate. And I think that that infects everything. And, you know, I think, and this gets back to a, a a theme that's been growing over the past 15 years or so for a lot of these journalists, especially the younger ones, the most lucrative career path they have is going into government PR. And so they'll, that's where they'll leave. The Providence journalists fed a lot of people into state government. They'll leave their, their jobs, make an okay money as a journalist. And suddenly they're making six figures, figures with a generous pension and benefits uh, with a, with a state or federal government. Uh, agency. And so you've got people asking these questions. Who knows? Miller, Josh Miller may, uh, it's unlikely with him, but he, he may go on to be speaker of that, or president of the Senate or, or run for lieutenant governor and, and need PR people. You know, certainly Matos going to Congress, we're going to have, have to hire people. And that's a career path for, for a local journalist who knows her. They've cultivated a good working relationship with the news versus the politics. She goes to Congress, she's hiring media people. Oh, look, this is a good opportunity for an up and coming journalist from Rhode Island to become become part of the, the job mill of, of Washington, DC. That infects everything in my view. And so there, I think there's an ideological thing. I think a lot of them don't want to they don't want to look into something like mail fraud and they don't want to, they don't want to lose their precious narrative that that it's MAGA Republicans who are who are violent and and Instead, you've got Josh Miller keying some kid's car because he doesn't like the bumper sticker. That's that's uncomfortable for them ideologically and politically. But I think there's also this consideration of this is my career path. And if I'm too hard on these people, they'll stop feeding me news and I won't get hired when I apply for that six-figure government job in a few years. What did you make of uh, Governor McKee's reaction when he was asked about the lieutenant governor? He was uh, coming out of an event, obviously, and she was supposed to be at that event initially. And then uh, they scrapped her from it. But what uh, did you find his response plausible to me, Justin? He, the Governor McKee was like, oh, you know, I really haven't seen or talked to her this week. So I don't um, kind of feign in ignorance. But what, I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts on the, the McKee reaction. <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, you know, he, one of his assistants, we're only going to take one question on this, you know, yeah. jumped right in to make sure. Right. Um, it reminded me of a recent clip of Joe Biden where a journalist asked him something that was apparently off script and somebody shouted from the sidelines and he kind of waved him away. Uh, it's just kind of, I think that that was indi- that was indicative, I think, of their concern about this. And he he, he bumbled an answer. I, I I forget the exact words, but it was something like, "Well, I'm sure that if we look into this, we'll find a, anything that's worth looking into," you know, or something like that. It was just it was like a a bizarre bizarre response. And I think that's they've they've got to be concerned because I mean, as you and I agree, this to to us points to a broad broad problem yeah. with election fraud. But he's the next step in discovering right. that problem. Yeah. This, this, this Holly person goes right back to his campaign. He referred to Brex, the Brexit guy. He yeah. Brexton, sorry. He worked for McKee. So he's the next in line to be discovered here. And so you know, I think he just wants to dismiss it. And it, uh, it, it'll probably work, but it, it should. It was definitely an awkward. Uh, he he looked like somebody who was worried and didn't want to didn't want to say anything. And and it, it goes back to what we were discussing earlier, where the 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 journalists kind of passively back off on these things every opportunity you've got to be you got to be trying to you know get the the additional information that they didn't intend to tell you and that's just not happening yeah and he you know they bench basically governor mckee and lieutenant governor been almost inseparable and you would think this would be a time that they'd be try to have her at every announcement to just try to give her more exposure for the race i think it was interesting she was not there on Friday, she seems to try to act. I know she was in a parade in East Providence over the weekend trying to act like, oh, that's in the past. The fact of the matter is she her campaign is under criminal investigation by the attorney general, of the state police. And it sounds like she's just these terrible talking points. And I think they are because I don't think there are any good answers. Um, she's going to try to, you know, just mud through. I don't know how she's going to do a debate other than perhaps over the next month, she's going to try to come up with better talking points. I do want to touch on some other issues. And Justin, one of them, I sent it to you. So we're dealing, as you know, with the new shoreline access, 
which is you can walk along the shoreline in Rhode Island. And this is a, a big issue for the Providence Journal. Those reporters love it. The idea that, you know, you could walk along a beach, but there's private beach clubs and then some people live along the water. So it's now been extended 10 feet up from the high tide mark. Well, I sent you a clip. So TikTok over the weekend, this guy, I'm not exactly sure where it is. I think it's in Middletown. But so what you see in this video, and I know not everyone is seeing this or hearing it, but just people need to understand. To me, this is exactly wrong with there's this younger guy who starts trespassing on this man's property. And then, and he's swearing at this older man and cursing him out and mocking him. And no, this says shoreline access and coastal access and public access. And the, the guy's trying to say, that's down there. That's that point. This, this, this activist did a second video where he admits that he was wrong and he actually got arrested for it. The police were called. But Justin, the, if, if you saw that clip, the rudeness of this, and this is just what I thought it was. This guy's not interested in walking along the shoreline. He is interested in going out and just irritating any individual that seemingly lives along the water. Yeah, that was definitely my impression. And I mean, it takes you a moment to realize who's filming <laughs> it's the activist yeah. filming the guy it, you know it's yeah. the, the guy the guy the homeowner's shirt's open he's obviously been relaxing he's just get off my property i don't want to deal right. with you and i think i think you're you're exactly right i mean i know uh when i've moved in places that were walking distance from the from the, the shoreline in, in in rhode island I, my wife and i would maybe walk along the beach and in some areas it's just rocks but you walk for a while and you get kind of stuck and sometimes we've kind of okay this looks like a good way we can get off the beach into the road sure. so maybe we cut through somebody's property but if we had been caught, so to speak, we just said, oh, sorry, we're just exhausted. We're trying to get off. We're leaving, you know, that kind of thing. But instead, right. it's no. And it, I mean, it wasn't even like the guy, from from the impression I got from the video, the it wasn't even like the guy was on the edge of the property just kind of sneaking through. He was. It looked like he was right up in there, like at least 30 feet on the guy's property, hanging around. And I think that that points to the attitude. And I have to wonder how much, you know. I don't think that our, our local politicians care. I mean, the, the, there's obviously the, the lawsuit where the, the property owners are saying, hey, you just took 10 feet, a, a strip of 10 feet of my property away from me. And the argument from the state is, no, we just clarified where this where this was. And that's not, I mean, in, in prior clips, uh, the, we talked about before, the, the original activist is now setting up, uh, you know, setting up for the day, you know, right there yeah. with, a, you know, like he's staying for a while. I mean, the original laws are really passing through for fishing or whatever, all stuff you can do below mean high tide. Uh, but this is the attitude that's being generated. And I, I think we're, we may be in for a real bad awakening when, when you get this, this mix of factors, you get the, the kind of the socialist idea that there should be no private property, especially nice private property that I don't have. Uh, there's there's a social media where there's a lot of incentive to be. I'll be the star on TikTok for for exposing this rich yeah. guy with his shirt open on on uh, blocking my rights to cross his property. There's there's that whole thing. I think we're in a, and then then yet on top of this now we've got uh, school schools in Rhode Island are are supposed to have uh, project based civics, which means activism. Uh, so you put these three things together, we're training a, a generation of, of basically uh, flash mob socialist warriors to go out there and disrupt people's lives for, for the benefit of, of politicians and giving government more power. So I I, I really hope we start seeing you know, the, the lawsuit success to kind of push back on this idea that government can just say, oh, we, we just clarified that 10 feet of your property is not your property. Uh, that that needs to go. And we, we really need more, I don't know, some kind of restrictions on, on people. I mean, it shouldn't be the case that anybody who has a nice house on the water has to have, have tons of signage and higher private security. But that seems to be where we're going. And I think people should realize that when when government gets involved in this level, the really rich people aren't going to suffer. They'll put up a fence. They'll get the security. Right. They can afford it. It's going to be the retiree who bought a house yeah. on the water and suddenly there are people setting up on his lawn and plugging into his outlets or who knows what to 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 use the beach. And that's just going to get worse and worse. And I, I think we're we're seeing the dawn of a, of a real, almost like a, a an epidemic of this kind of thing. I hope I'm wrong, though. And I realize people are at a disadvantage because they haven't seen these TikTok videos. Now, Justin, 
Um, someone else, this will make news because the first one of him insulting this guy and swearing at him, uh, it, it, it's already rocketed to almost 4 million views in a very short amount of time. Someone else did a video that, that they, they call it you duet it. And so you showed the original video, then you're also in it. And this guy, I don't even know where he's from, but he actually did a map and illustrated that this guy was totally wrong and was trespassing. But in the second video, when the police show up and they say, oh, you were here yesterday making the ruckus, the person that filmed the activist in his comments responding to people, he put, this guy has always given us a hard time about want to go through his land and get to the water. And you get the sense, Justin, they've deemed this man. Now, this is just one example, but he's like Mr. Potter. And, and they now deem this in Wonderful Life. They now deem this as this is like get even time. You know, Mr. Wealthy with your waterfront property. Well, now we have shoreline access, which means we can go in your yard and there's nothing you can do about. I mean, this is so not what the law was supposed to be, which is just you could literally walk all around the shore and no one could say, hey, you can't do that. And even goes up from that. That's not what this is. This guy now, not only is he going to go and dance around like, ha ha, look what I can do now. Now he's going to film himself doing it. And at one point he's even saying, hey, buddy, keep going. You're going to be on the Internet. You're going to be. It, it's just so appalling. So well, it is, ahead, but I, I'm not sure. Word. I'm not sure it's not what's intended. I mean, the the right. this, the law that took the property from from people from shoreline uh, property owners. Uh, my understanding is it came from that. It came from a guy who who yes. set up shop on somebody's You're beach right. and, and didn't like the security down in I guess it was South Kingstown or Charleston, and he didn't like that. So he started becoming an activist, and that's what changed the law. And so I think that's what a lot of these people hope. I'll just make a big scene of it. Uh, yeah. This will be my activist activity, and and I will get back at Mr. Potter, as you said, and eventually we'll all be able to have our our weddings on his lawn without cost because it's public property. Folks, again, our segment of politics this week, he is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401 885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. The border. Battle continues at the border. How about the Department of Justice is now suing the state of Texas They have this new floating barrier of buoys. Makes sense to me. Some reason they're being sued. I think it's it's an effective. Let's hear the piece on this. They are just fine with the security that is already in place, like the fence you see right behind me. Some will say they want more security. But one thing that a lot of people are starting to agree on is the fight over migrants and the militarization of these border towns is bringing a battleground to their backyards. And it's getting old. Overnight, the Department of Justice suing the state of Texas over these red buoys. The DOJ claiming this thousand-foot barrier was not approved by the Army Corps of Engineers, now demanding it be removed from the Rio Grande River. But in a letter to President Biden, Governor Greg Abbott doubling down, writing, Texas, will see you in court, Mr. President, and making his case during an interview with Fox News. Working together, uh, these devices have turned away and repelled 
tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people who try to enter into the United States illegally. But since the end of Title 42 in May, border crossings have been down more than 30 percent. The White House responding to Abbott's defiance. And what you see uh, the governor doing is dangerous and unlawful and it's actually hurting the process. The buoy barrier is placed in shallow waters, forcing migrants into deep parts of the river. Some crawling through razor wire to reach the riverbanks, inflicting injuries on that journey. You see a war zone. Layers and layers of concertina wire. Back in Eagle Pass, action can't come fast enough for business owner Jesse Fuentes. He's also suing the state of Texas over this barrier and the harm it's caused his kayaking business. It's always been about the river and everything that's connected to it. My business, my community, my culture. Now, the DOJ, their lawsuit will be heard first in a federal district court, but Greg Abbott is already saying that he will appeal to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals if they lose in that district court, and he will take it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if he has to. Listen, Robin, this Maria. business of it's causing people to climb under these... They're not supposed to be climbing under anything. They're not supposed to be in the river. See, this is what happens when you don't have good leadership, lack of leadership... It's treated as an open border, and then you just, you know, this is how the chaos comes out. This is completely unacceptable, but this is the Biden administration. They're the ones that have failed to do anything, do anything effectively. Where's the vice president? Why hasn't she been to the border? Don't say it makes it more dangerous, and therefore then the people have to go into the, the deeper water. They're not supposed to be there anyway. Like, enough is enough. I, I can't believe hearing these stories of how, oh, it's terrible. Then the, quote, migrants have to go into the deeper water. Then they have to try to climb under a fence. They're not supposed to be climbing into anything. They're not supposed to be going into the deep waters. They're not supposed to be in the shallow waters. We have a process. You can't just come ro strolling through. And I know there are plenty of people that want that. There are plenty of people, Democrats, that want complete open border anarchy. But it's not happening so absence of that, that's then you have people starting to put up things like this. But the Biden administration, they are incompetent. They want them all to come through. There has to be a better process and way to do it, legally, lawfully. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches, listen, a mice problem, mice can be problematic, rats, mosquitoes, many other pests, Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians maybe it's once a year maybe it's a one-time treatment monthly service quarterly or year-round protection you can depend falcon pest services call them today for a free quote 401-739-1322 get your yard sprayed get rid of those mosquitoes falcon pest services call today 401-739-1322 Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. Remember to follow the John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of the John DePietro Show.